Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our contemplation this morning is the Gospel lesson, John chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. We read these words again in the name of our Lord. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, Teacher, we wish that you would do for us whatever we ask. He said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said, Promise that we may sit, one at your right and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink? Or be baptized with the baptism that I am going to be baptized with? We can, they replied. Jesus told them, You will drink the cup that I am going to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am going to be baptized with. But to sit at my right or at my left is not for me to give. Rather, these places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard this, they were angry with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But that is not the way it is to be among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have come to your house this morning to hear your word and be strengthened in our faith through it. We pray then that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and increase our understanding, transform our minds so that we think according to Christ's kingdom and not according to this world. Turn then our thoughts the right way up so that we may live in devotion to you, assured of the forgiveness that Jesus has won for us all. Sanctify us then through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Christ Jesus, dear fellow redeemed, do you know what the upside down is? If you do, you're probably a Stranger Things fan. Now, for those of you that have no idea of what I just said, Stranger Things is a Netflix show in which there is a parallel dimension, or if you would prefer, a fantasy world. In the Upside Down, you'll find the same buildings and trees, but the whole world is shrouded in a shadowy twilight. Monsters roam the upside down, devouring or possessing any human who is unfortunate enough to find himself therein. The creatures of the upside down 
want to break into the real world and consume it. I have some shocking news for you today. They succeeded. When Satan caused Adam and Eve to sin, he turned our world upside down and plunged it into darkness. He filled it with things that want to devour and possess us. We are now living in the upside down and need to escape back to the safety and reality of Christ's kingdom. Now, for those living in the upside down or used to living there, it seems as if Christ turns everything up on his head. And he does. But in reality, he's turning it the right way up. This is especially true in the way that Jesus teaches us in the lesson here. In Christ's kingdom, greatness is found in servitude. So then let's look at these two parallel worlds. The world and Christ's kingdom. And see how they view greatness. Mark records that the disciples were wrestling with this very topic. In chapter 9 of his gospel, he tells us that as the disciples were walking along the way, the road, they were arguing with each other over who was the greatest. It seems that James and John maybe wanted to take the matter into their own hands. But Matthew indicates it was more likely their mother who was the instigator. But for whatever reason, they came to Jesus while he was alone and asked for places of greatest honor in his kingdom. One at his right and the other at his left. Why would they ask such a thing? Well, they at this time did not understand that Jesus hadn't come into the world to establish a kingdom, an earthly kingdom in the world. And so they were still thinking in their upside down way of thinking. So they wanted to secure a position of greatness in Jesus' kingdom. What were they after? They were certainly after power. They were probably also after money and possessions, riches. They were certainly after influence. But probably most importantly, they were after honor. They wanted others to see how important they were, how close they were to the king. This is all upside down. But it is the way the world thinks, and it is the way as dwellers in this world, we can think too. 
Who do we consider to be great? What about with regards to money? Well, Bill Gates, billionaire. Warren Buffett, billionaire. What about with regards to power? Well, our presidents, our senators and congressmen, our governors, they're the great ones. But what does all this greatness get us? Think about all of the people maneuvering and jockeying to get that key position of leadership. What does it get them in the end? Think of all the great men and women of the past. The rich, the powerful, the honored. All dead. We scramble and fight to climb to the top. Or at least, just not to be at the bottom. But the reality is, what we're climbing is a stinking pile of dead bodies. We want our corpse to be the one on the top. And we think that we're going to find heaven there. But all we'll find there is maggots and a horrible stench. That is all that the greatness of this world can offer. Death. So much for its greatness. No wonder the Apostle Paul wrote to the, to the Romans, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? The answer, Jesus. He is the portal, the doorway through which we can escape this upside down world of death. To safety, life, and reality. Jesus said in John chapter 5, Amen, amen, I tell you, Anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He is not going to come into judgment, but has crossed over from death to life. Jesus is the door through which we can pass from death to life. Creating that doorway, that portal, was the greatest act of service. Jesus came to carry the burden of the law for you. He came to serve you in this way. And so God came down from heaven became a man and lived under the demands of God's own law. Jesus lived a perfect life, fulfilling every one of the commandments. 
It doesn't matter which commandment you choose, he fulfilled it. You shall have no other gods done. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Done. Honor your father and mother. Done. You shall not commit adultery. Done. You shall not steal. Done. Whatever commandment. Done, done, done. Jesus carried those commandments because you have failed to. They were too heavy for you to bear. And so he placed his shoulders under them, became your slave, and fulfilled them in your place. Done. And because you failed to keep those commandments, you deserve to die. But Jesus carried that burden too. He took his perfect life and went to the cross to suffer in your place the punishment that God's anger over your sins demanded. That's what he was talking about when he spoke of a baptism in a cup that he had to drink and be baptized with. He was speaking of the suffering that he would undergo as your servant to pay for your sins. Jesus didn't have to do that. He chose to. His love for you caused him to serve you in this way. His great compassion for you made him willing to suffer and die so that you could be forgiven. That's greatness. That's servitude. God coming down from heaven to rescue us from this world of death. That's the epitome of greatness in Christ's kingdom. Through the great power of Jesus, life, death, and resurrection, He has now opened a door for you, a doorway to safety, a doorway to life, a doorway to reality. Run through it. Don't stay in this upside-down world where death is the only thing that waits for you. Run to safety through Jesus. And let, it, let Him turn you the right way up. For in Christ's kingdom, greatness is found in servitude. This is a radical way for us to think. This is totally against the world and where we have come from. It is the transforming of the mind that God's Word wants to work in each and every Christian.
Jesus has served us in this great way so that we can serve others. Jesus has loved us in this great way so that we can love others. Jesus has forgiven us in this great way so that we can forgive others. Jesus has done these things for us so that we can do them for others. The Christian life now is to be one seeking greatness. Greatness in servitude. That's really what he was driving home to the disciples when he said, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But that is not the way it is to be among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be, excuse me, must be, will be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Therefore, in Christ's kingdom, greatness is found in servitude. Therefore, in Christ's kingdom, the mother wiping her baby's butt is greatness. The dad pushing his child on the swing is greatness. The man holding the door for others to enter is greatness. The child carrying the groceries in for mom is greatness. The person taking time to listen to the problems of a co-worker is greatness. Greatness is found in servitude. May you find much of it. So where are you going to reside? Yeah, I don't believe in parallel dimensions. Neat show, though. But there is a connection. Because we live in this world, but we are not of this world. We have been called into a new kingdom in Christ. He opened the way through His life, death, and resurrection. He ransomed us from that world of death so that we can live for Him. Let us then be transformed by Christ and live in reality the right way up. And let us boldly seek greatness by serving one another to God's glory and our eternal salvation. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, 
Guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.